Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. And welcome back to another edition of The Wolverine Live. I'm John Borden, and uh, you don't see Tom Crawford tonight. Shout out to him. Feeling a little under the weather tonight, but we have a special treat about which the uh, the Wolverine faithful were very, very excited when I announced that today. We have in our midst one Wayman Britt, star of the... Uh, 19 mid 1970s basketball teams for Michigan. Uh, now I believe Kent County administrator over on the western side of the state. Someone who was talented enough and versatile enough that he was drafted not only by the NBA but by the NFL. Wayman Britt, we've been excited about this. Welcome to the Wolverine Live. Oh, John, thank you for having me on today, and uh, it's great to see you. Uh, just a disclaimer here, I retired from Kent County back in July 31 of 2021, oh. so for the folks that did know that, and now I have my own company, Wayman Bread Enterprises, that I'm running, and uh, got a lot of fun stuff that we've been up to. So, Well, I appreciate you bringing me up to date there. I, uh, I, I knew that uh, you had a lot of things going, and didn't you write a book? Yes, wrote the book, Fulfilling the Dream, My Path to Leadership and Finding Purpose Through Serving Others, just out in October, and uh, we're very happy with it. It's on Audible and uh, Apple and Amazon. People can get it on my website and so forth, WBE Books, and uh, very pleased with it. We've done a number of signings and hope to do a few more and really getting a good response from it and uh, really having a lot of fun. Well, excellent. You are... Uh... Certainly. Hey, there we go. Uh, there's there's the book now. Um, we had great, like I said, great response to you being on. People have such good memories. Uh, our, our more veteran uh, fans uh, remembering those days, and certainly I do. A uh, couple things I want to talk about from your playing days. One, I, I mean, I threw out there that you were drafted uh -huh. Not only by the NFL, but also, or not only by the NBA, but also by the NFL. How does somebody do that? I'm sure our younger people are are looking at that and say, "What? What? Is, how did that happen?" Well, it it was all due to the fact that I worked my butt off, and uh, I guess people that would come to the game, like Bo Schembechler and others, found that I had a pretty good uh, <laughs> good way of of. Uh, uh, backing up and playing defense, being agile and so forth. And they looked at that as a transferable skill and felt that, you know, if he can do that on the hard court, he can do that uh, in an NFL. So um, people were looking at me right from day one. Bo Schembechler wanted me out twice for his team, and I told him no. Unfortunately, I didn't I didn't realize how who Bo Schembechler was at the time. If I'd known now, I probably would have played for him. <laughs> Such a great all-time coach for the football team. But uh, my prowess on defense was was exceptional, I guess. And uh, people like Bart Starr and George Allen, others looked at me and wanted me to to come to them. In fact, I was uh, looked at by the Lions, the Packers, uh, Cowboys, and the Redskins back in the day. 
Pretty amazing. And it shows the, the level of uh, not only versatility, but skill and toughness and uh, a whole lot of things that went into yeah. your playing career. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you when you look at that and then you got drafted by the Lakers, you're, just your thoughts about uh, your, your post-Michigan days and your getting into uh, the business world eventually. Yeah. Well, back in the day when I was uh, drafted, uh, the NBA and the ABA were both uh, entities. ABA was just struggling big time. And so I was drafted fourth round. Unfortunately, I didn't stick with the Lakers. I was cut right at the end of the regular, uh, the uh, um, um, not the regular season, the exhibition season. And um, the Pistons had my rights. And of course, uh, I was allowed uh, then back into the NBA the next year. But unfortunately, that didn't work out either, you know. At the time, the, the salaries weren't at the levels they were they are today, and they weren't making any money until Magic and uh, Isaiah and Jordan, those guys came along, Larry Bird, uh, until they came along. So really, it wasn't really uh, the kind of career you could bank your life on. So I made a decision to stick with uh, my career that I'd started at Steelcase and uh, and uh, gave up the whole whole idea of playing professional sports because it, there just wasn't any solid future there. Well, it sure worked out. Obviously, uh, you've done great things in your career. Uh, you did great things in your Michigan career. The one, one of the ones that people always remember, I believe, when you were a senior and uh, you that team came that close to uh, to winning it all and yeah. uh, to the yeah. championship game. Talk about that season a little bit and what you remember from that. Uh, we had a wonderful team. We were fast. We were really, really good. I mean, Indiana was the top team in the in the uh, Big Ten that year, and they knew that uh, we had their number. We almost beat them twice, you know, uh, that year, and especially down in Bloomington. We played them. I think we got beat by like one point at the buzzer, a tip in. Maybe it went into overtime. Not sure now, but uh, we were we were a great team. We weren't as tall and as brawny and strong as that team, but we were quick. We were fast. We had Ricky Green, Steve Grody, Johnny Robinson, Phil Hubbard. We were the five starters, and uh, we were to be reckoned with. And uh, it and it showed. You know, we we beat uh, Rutgers, who had been undefeated with Phil Se- Phil Sellers uh, in the semifinal game uh, in the NCAA. And, of course, we had beaten Notre Dame the, that same year, Adrian Dantley's team. You know, we, were no, we weren't playing against any slouches. Uh, sure. So to get to where we were, uh, we were pretty decent. You know, Phil Hubbard's numbers retired. Ricky Green played in the NBA for, for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Grody and I both were, were both drafted. He was drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers, I believe. And uh, I was drafted by the Lakers and played a little bit with the Pistons. So. You know, we were we were a great team. Uh, it just happened that Indiana was just so much bigger and stronger, and they had a lot of depth with Abernathy and and um, those guys. Uh, Steve, what's his name? I think it's Steve Kerr. I, I forget his name. Young man that came off the bench, but they had a strong team with Buckner and Wilkerson and and uh, Scott May and Kent Benson and those guys. They were just they were like men. You know, they were men already. Uh, and a coach that uh, made a, a name for himself eventually. 
Bobby Knight, Bobby <laughs> Knight, the infamous Bobby Knight, the guy that would yes, put into the hearts of any referee, uh, and uh, he would he would control those games, man. He was he's he was a great coach. Yeah. He along with Al McGuire, Al McGuire and Digger Phelps, those were three great coaches. And you know John Wood, we 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 went up against John Wooden's team when I was a freshman uh, and soph- well, sophomore, my sophomore year, played them at Poly pavilion so we had an opportunity to play with some wonderful coaches play against some wonderful teams and coaches no doubt uh you mentioned ricky green i still uh go back and forth with one of my colleagues chris ballas and uh you know he mentions about how uh trey burke is his all-time top michigan point guard and i say okay i hear you what you're saying and he was national player of the year and he was very very good but man you want to talk about somebody that could get to from one end of the court to the other faster than almost anybody i've ever seen that's ricky Uh, he had speed uh he had overdrive speed he could dribble uh uh, both balls both hands down the court faster than anybody that i'd ever met and played with you know the guy was just uh he was a sprinter and you know trey burke was a great player too you know he had the hops i think he had probably better hops than ricky but but Ricky Green was the fastest player that I think we've had in some time. Um, there, there have been some other ones, and he was strong too for for a point guard. He was pretty strong, so he could hold his own. He could get he could get down the court. So when when you look back at uh, your Michigan days, how how did that all kind of play into where you went from from there? And whether it be in sports and business, how did it? Uh, how did it affect your life? Well, it gifted me with the ability to work with people and to be able to deal with uh, difficult situations. Playing forward at Michigan at six one and three quarters inches tall and playing against some of the best guys in the country taught me a lesson that you know it anything's possible if you put your mind to it, you work, your plan, uh, and uh, never feel that uh, the opposing team or players any better than you. I had the attitude that UCLA was no better. Notre Dame was no better. Marquette was no better than we were. That was the attitude that I had. And uh, so we went up against guys, you know, it, I think, strengthened my belief, number one, in myself and my abilities, but also this idea that you can achieve any goal that you set out to do. I would do special things. I would run before practice and so on and so forth, the extra things. You know, it, it was it was a lot of discipline that we put into that that team that year. And uh, it taught me how to lead. I was the captain of the team. It carried over in, into my life at Steelcase and at Kent County. And I, and I truly felt that the kind of environment that we had, which, you know, Michigan – uh, at the end of the day, has a wonderful athletic program, uh, af- academic program, and so when you come out of there, you're one of the best in the in the country in the world. You are. You become one of the better people uh, that's uh, that's uh, uh, ready for any challenge that comes along uh, your way. So I know that was a unique opportunity to have gone to Michigan, played at Michigan, uh, been around some of the best professors, coaches, people. You know, uh, it just prepared me for for the world, and uh, I'm very grateful for for having the opportunity to be, you know, to to have started there for four years. Uh, I started mid season as a freshman, and uh, it just gave me that extra edge. You know, I I was born to be a leader, and it just it just grew me into even being a better leader. 
Yeah. Well, we, uh, uh, so many people weighed in when, like I said, when they knew you were going to be on, uh, they said, great, great person. Great. Uh, I have such fond memories of, uh, of his playing days. And so, like I said, uh, very thrilled to have you on with us. And I know from talking to you some and listening, uh, to you over the years that you know, not just Michigan basketball, but you know Michigan football as well. So we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, yeah. both of those tonight. Yeah, I would um, love to. Yeah, I've been watching them all year. It's a wonderful team. I'm so grateful I got a chance to hang out with Jim Harbaugh this summer. He came to Grand Rapids, me and Jim Hackett, you know, okay. Ford uh, Foundation. So, yeah, it was great. It was great, great year. I loved it. Yeah, well, then uh, <laughs> you will, I'm sure, be one of those who is uh, – We'll be glad, relieved, whatever, along with a lot of Michigan fans when uh, when uh, Michigan and Jim Harbaugh finally inked the contract. Yes. We're, we'll be talking about football in a little bit, but I want to I want to start with basketball because uh, we're in the middle of basketball season and, you know, it's uh, it's a little bit of a rough go for Michigan right yes. now. Uh, yes. They are they are really struggling. Uh, pretty much blown out at uh, Penn State the other night. Yeah. And my my question to you is, uh, yeah. as you see this team, yeah. as it's going right now and as it's struggling, is this a season that uh, that Jawan Howard and, and this team can salvage? I don't think so. I Just uh, watching them over the past three, four games, the Purdue game and then Penn State game recently, you just see that they just have not matured and grown to the point that they're ready to go up against the guys that are as good as them in the league. They just don't have the confidence. Uh, they don't have the kind of, I would say, the grit and determination, the cockiness. The, you know, we had, we had that, and, and a lot of teams have had that. Jalen Rose's team, you know, they had that in spades. They don't have that. They have maybe at times some players that, that operate that way, where they know and they believe that they can challenge anyone. I just don't see that happening. It seems like they're looking for someone on the team to become the leader, and I don't see that happening. It's just not in uh, the team. They're just a, a, a great, great bunch of guys, nice kids. But when it comes to playing against the best in the country, you got to have a, a different gear, and I don't see mm -hmm. that coming out of them. So is that, at least in part, a matter of experience? I mean, you, like you said, you played as a freshman. Uh, they're playing a lot of young guys, but they have a guy that you would think would be the guy to rally around, be the leader in Hunter Dickinson. So where does this come? Where does uh, yeah. the, the leadership and the cockiness, or both, come yeah. from? He's a gentle giant from my standpoint. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's, he has it from time to time, but you know, he's limited, you know, he has great skills, but uh, he's just one of these kids who's, who's gifted in certain ways. And that's maybe not one of the ways that he's truly gifted. I mean, in fact, I would much rather see that coming out of a guard or a forward, you know, someone who has control of the ball, who is out front dealing with, you know, attacking the offense right up front. Those are the kinds of people that you really want to see that in. The center, okay, that's a luxury. But you really want to see that in the guard play and the forward play. And uh, one other theory that I have is that 
when you have two sons playing on the team, you have Trey, uh, I mean, Jet, uh, Jet Howard and his brother, uh, that can sometimes undermine the, the confidence of some of the other players. In fact, uh, unless, unless I don't know, and I don't know truly what's going on behind the scenes, but I would say that when you have a father's kids playing on a team, that sometimes can signal to the other guys, perhaps we don't have the right to assert as much as maybe what we should. And so maybe guys aren't willing to push out and, and bleed. And I think Jed is having a great year. He's uh, shooting the ball really well. I saw the game at Penn State shooting the three ball and, you know, it was like five, five or six for six or something like that. But you want to grow the confidence in everybody. I would love to see uh, uh, Kobe Buffkin. Kobe Buffkin, yeah. Yeah, to take off and become that leader of the team. I saw sparks of him this past game. You know, he went down and uh, he put the ball out front and he had that slam uh, out front on a, bre- on a break. And uh, you know, he's got good hops, but it just doesn't seem to happen the whole game. And, and I just wished it would. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I would, I would, I would, I would be out there <laughs> pushing hard on, uh, them. I like Baker's attitude when he comes in the game, he's got mm-hmm. that spark, that fire. I just, I just, I just wish they had it from, from all of them all the time. I, I just, I just, uh, I wish I, I could see that more, more in all of them. Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, and I guess what I'm wondering is how is is that a developable aspect of this thing? I, you talk about defense. Uh, I don't think that this team can play defense consistently enough to the level that they can um, uh, just the other night when they were trying to yeah. challenge Purdue. They were hanging in there, hanging in there, but then, you know, you give up the easy bucket, you get the blow by, um, and yeah. you – of all people can address this because you were such a fantastic defensive player. A lot of people say, well, defense is effort, but it's got to be more than that, isn't it? Yeah. You got to really want it. And you got to, you got to say no excuses. And somebody's got to have that attitude. Whoever the captain of that team is, you got to say, hey, look, you, we can't have you uh, messing up like that. You've got to, you've got to get on each other and, and expect each other, hold each other accountable. That doesn't seem to be happening. I never see them really uh, confronting each other for the sloppy play or the, the slow play and that sort of thing. So it has to come 
from within the 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 attitude of the team. Now, the coaches perhaps they could inspire, motivate them to do that. But if, if the kids really don't have, if if it's their personality, then you know uh, it, it whether they want to or not. But if they're not really you know jaded that way, you see. Uh, that makes a difference. I mean, you know, uh, you can have the size, you can have the skills, but if you don't have the attitude, the moxie and, and all of those attributes that say, look, we are going, it's like watching a Michael Jordan play versus some other athletes that were six, six, right? This guy right. didn't quit. He didn't take no for, you know, a Larry Bird, these guys who are magic Johnson, these guys that you see that were so driven, right? So competitive. That's what we need. We need that competitive fire. So that begs the question for me, uh, going all the way back to the mid-70s, who were the confronters on those teams? And maybe uh, you could uh, summon up a story from back in those days to kind of illustrate the point. Well, I was, of course, the confronter on our team. (laughs) Although I might, I maintain a, a mild mannered, you know, all American attitude. I try to, you know, show sportsmanship. But when it came down time to, okay, are we going to go get this? Uh, I, I, I had that attitude, you know, mild mannered, but yet tough and gritty when needed to be. Johnny Robinson was the same way. Steve Grody was the same way. We had three of us that were that way. Ricky Green wasn't a, that feisty. Phil Hubbard wasn't that feisty. It was Grody, uh, Robinson, and myself on that team. You know, and you look at John Howard's team. It was it was John Howard. I mean, Juan Howard. It was him. It was Chris Weber. It was it was it was uh, Rose as well. They had that cocky, determined, <laughs> take no prisoners. We'll come at you. We'll if we need to attitude, and that's what you need. You know, you don't have to be disrespectful. You have to show sportsmanship, but you know you got to have that fire, and you kind of have to have guys that are will take it in the right way. I would think mm-hmm. if when you get after them, that it it does uh, yeah. fire them up and make them play harder. Yeah, and 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 I think we've lost something over the years when you see a lot of the transfers happening in the transfer portal and so forth. It's happening in football and basketball. Guys that don't get a chance to play, they transfer. You know, the young kid that transferred to Arizona State, he had that fire. Mm. You know, I saw him play. I mean, he had such an attitude when they played them this year. I mean, that kid, he had fire. Forget his name now. But he was a guard, point guard, that left the team. If we could have kept him, my goodness gracious, that's what we could have benefited from. So, But, but he knew that other guards were coming into the team, right? Yep, no doubt. Yeah. And uh, you're referring, of course, to Frankie Collins, who was Collins. Uh, yes. Yes. yeah, who who really yeah. showed up in the tournament, and then That's everybody true. was looking forward to him taking over. Right. But you know, right. you got guys transferring in, and yes. he decided, okay, well, maybe I won't, uh, you know, I well, won't stick around for this. I wish he'd stay, and I think maybe mm. he has some second thoughts because he wasn't starting that game when we played them this year either. You know, and so you look at that. If he had stayed, just think with the young man who had transferred, he he got hurt early on. He would have been yep. a starter by now. You know, yep. bad move. You know, stay where you're 
stay with the team, you know. Bo Schimbeck was used to say, you know, <laughs> you, you stay with us, you will be champions, that kind of attitude. And I wish that would that would become the norm instead of and I and I love the fact that you know our big center didn't didn't uh, leave you know to go to the pros you know they go mm-hmm. so early you know play one year and then they're out I mean I wish that wasn't the case either but it's just the way things are now that's the way the world is I remember hearing an interview with you and how excited you were when Jawan Howard was put in place. And uh, certainly he has accomplished some things here. He's gotten to the Sweet 16. He's won the Big Ten. Um, With where he is right now, uh, how, um, I guess, how difficult is this situation this year? And how has he tried to, uh, to bring his team out of really being demoralized after a a loss at Penn State like they experienced. Yeah, I think he just has to accept the fact that they're not where they need to be. And and, and it happens. It happens to any team. We had that at Michigan when I was a freshman. We had Henry Wilmore and Campy Russell and Ken Brady, John Lockhart, Ernie Johnson, you know, and myself, of course, and Joe Johnson and a few other people. That was a great team, but we were terrible. We Mm -hmm. were like middle of the pack and should have been like one or two with Indiana and Minnesota. Well, what did Johnny Orr do? Well, he regrouped the next year. That's what he has to do. Even with all the talent, we were just not able to put it together to play as a team back when I was a freshman at Michigan. Juwan's going to have to do the same thing, and we have got to be supportive of him, forgiving of him, so, uh, so that he, he he does, in fact, put the right players, put the right schemes on the table, and uh, they win. You know, it's just a it's unfortunate, but that's what happens, you know. Sometimes, for whatever reason, the teams don't gel and they don't have the right mix, and and you don't win. So we got to accept that. Let's have one bad year. We'll give him one bad year because I expected him to really cause a lot of young kids to want to play for the University of Michigan, which is what happened. You know, we've got some wonderful recruits. We've just got to keep, keep uh, our confidence. Don't. Don't fret and then come back strong next year. And I think last year, the debacle with that Wisconsin coach, assistant coach, I think that really hurt his confidence and and maybe perhaps some of the respect and confidence from the team. I don't know. Um, I, I think that uh, that did some damage to him, too. Um, uh, he needs to rebound and recognize that, you know, uh, that's done. This year, we're probably not going to win many more games. Uh, and not going to be tough in the Big Ten uh, championship series either. I don't think they're going to do that well either. I mean, it's, mm. it takes a lot to recover from what they've what they've shown thus far. Yeah. So, okay, so but they don't have the luxury of of saying, okay, this is a bad year. You know, we'll look to next year. They they are still stuck in this and trying to do something about it. Tell me, you you noted that uh, Hunter Dickinson in your eyes, is not the kind of fire and brimstone guy that's going to get after it, get after people. What are the what could he do in, with the games remaining in this Big Ten season and beyond maybe uh, it, it, to, to lift this team? Yeah, if he hasn't already figured it out, it, it has, he has to build a compact with one or two of the other players, the, the better players on the team, and maybe it's Bufkin and him. They've got to have a conversation about the fact, look, we have got to take 
take this to the next level. We can't afford to be this way. They've got to be the yin and yang. He's got to find that person. You know, I see him acting a little differently when a few of the other guys can, I forget the other young forward and Baker, when they get on the floor, it seems that there's a certain level of intensity that comes out of him. He's got to find that same attitude and partnership with Kobe Bufkin. He's got to find that with someone else. They have got to be locked at the hip, just like Michael Jordan and uh, Scottie Pippen. You know, they've got to be locked. And he, he's got to find that. If he can't maintain the attitude of, of being gritty, he's got to find somebody else that can. You know, and they've got to help each other out. They've got to talk each other up. That's what has to happen. Because he doesn't have all of that. He has a different skill set. So Bufkin, you know, I don't know. Howard. Jed Howard, somebody has got to team up with this guy and say, okay, this is on us. Maybe it's the three of them. We got to have a conversation. Maybe they already are. I don't know. You know, I don't know what's happening behind the scenes, but that's that's just my theory. Yeah. And it's got to hurt that, you know, you were counting on a, a, a grad uh, point guard and you're playing a, a guy who has some talent and has some fire, but was expected to play maybe 10, 12 minutes a game this year, filling yeah. in. And yeah. and Doug McDaniel, I thought it was a little bit telling when he tweeted out about, you know, the fans and how they were fickle and things like that. I, I, I just think these days you got to lock that, oh, block all that out. Be quiet. You're a freshman. Uh, you have no right to even speak up and speak out about anything. You haven't arrived. You haven't achieved anything yet. You got to just yeah. – you know, somebody needs to check him and check him hard. Uh, whoever the whoever the senior uh, captain or whoever that is, you have a conversation with the young man and say, what in the world are you talking about? You know, you you haven't shown us consistently yet that you can you can bring the ball up the floor. You can attack the uh, defense and, you know, all the things that uh, some of the great point guards have done. Come on, man. You're still learning. So I, I you know, I I I. I I think that what's happened is people have gotten spoiled with the fact that they come to these teams and they think because, you know, I was recruited by John Howard and they had such great players before us that are playing in the NBA, then now is my shot. Now I'm as good as they are. Well, you got to prove that, you know, you, you mm -hmm. can't just come in there and think that's because I'm, I've arrived, you know, I, 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 I have all of what it takes to be that, stellar athlete and, and perform at the high level. No. And it's proven, you know, uh, yeah. it's proven. They're not, they're not there yet. Well, and speaking of not there, I would say most people are looking at this as uh, being a not there team when the NCAA tournament rolls around, yeah. they will, they will brave talk and they will say, you know, Hey, we can get on a run. We can get it done. And, you know, yeah. I, I, you never want to rule things out for young men, but uh, yeah. uh, certainly as you have noted, things aren't looking good in that direction. And if, if this team is not going to the tournament, if it doesn't get on that role, what, what are the important things for it? to really hone in on and uh, and improve in this back half of the Big 10 season. They've got to they got to take a hard look at themselves, look themselves in the mirror and say we're responsible for this. It's nobody else's fault but ours. And they got to do some soul searching. And they got to say to themselves, we're going to end on a on a good note. Bufkin's got to say to himself, you know, 
uh, Hunter Dickens has got to say, say to himself, this is not us. And uh, they've got to recommit themselves to finishing strong and recognize the fact that, okay, perhaps if we lock in, we can win a few more games. We can go undefeated the rest of the year. They've got to have that attitude. Now, mm -hmm. proof's in the pudding, sure. but 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 it's got to start with those two guys, in my opinion. They're, those are the leaders of the team. And if now, they can get the other guys to rally around that, they can't depend on Jed Howard. He He's a freshman, regardless of how talented he is. He's just not at that level of being able to exude the leadership and the confidence to 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 make that you know, contagious amongst the other the players. You know, it's just, it, it takes a lot for a, a, a freshman. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes you get gifted athletes, you know, like a Michael Jordan or a Magic Johnson. I've said those names before who just have it, you know. They just exude it. Uh, but, but we don't have that. We don't have that player. So what are, is the coach's role in all of this? I know after the last game, Juwan Howard was trying to, maybe deflect some criticism from his players and take it on himself. He said, uh, obviously, I I didn't get this team prepared well enough to play well enough and I think that sort of takes, thing. I think he takes too much ownership of the problem. I think that that's his problem. I think at the end of the day, he has actually, uh, I would say, babied that team and, and actually covered for that team almost to a fault. I mm -hmm. watch and observe him. He almost sometimes act like one of the players. You know, you got to back away, be the coach, let them be the team, let them take responsibility for their behavior, for their actions sometimes, you know, you, you suck it up, you know, quit covering for these kids. That's what I think is happening. He's not on the floor anymore. And uh, I think the sooner he gets that point where he says, is your problem, you fix it. You know, you don't have to be negative in the press or anything like that. You don't have to embarrass a player. I saw that one time, one of mm -hmm. the players, the young freshman, the tall guy, I forget the kid's name. Kind of, he he came at him at one point through a game and, and, and kind of pulled him out, yanked him out. And it was very obvious. Um, I don't think that's the behavior you need to have towards the player, especially a kid like that who's just, you know, you know, got all of this, uh, uh, physical talent and ability. He just needs to, you know, have a, a year under his belt. He'll be fine, you know. But uh, I think I think he can be a little bit enabling to the team's, uh, you know, acceptance of the fact that perhaps it's somebody else's fault and not ours. All right, maybe maybe signal to the bullpen for Wayman Britt to come in and, and give a uh, a fiery speech at oh, some point. Well, yeah. <laughs> I would love to have that opportunity to talk, with, but I'm sure he wouldn't want that to happen. Just like Beeline, you know, I remember going down, he, you know, I would send him notes and text messages and things like that. Sometimes he would listen, though. And, and in yeah. fact, it helped It helped back uh, when he were having some problems with a couple of the players. I spotted some things and I shared that with him. My, my hope would be that Juwan would call me, too. You know, I'm here. You know, they know how to get a hold of me. Lisa Nicholson knows how to get in touch with me. They know where I'm at. Okay, well, what would you, what do you see, you know? Help yeah. me, you know, because you've been there. You know what it's like, you know, but nobody calls. You know, <laughs> only you, only you, John. And well, and, and we're getting the all the wisdom uh, <laughs> as a result of it. So, like I said, not only for basketball, but also 
with football. You mentioned uh, seeing Jim Harbaugh last summer. And yeah. uh, now a little bit of a sigh of relief from, uh, from Michigan fans in that uh, Sean Payton has now been hired as the head coach of the, the Denver Broncos. That came yeah. out this afternoon. Okay. And so the, the assumption is, okay, this is done. Jim's back. We're going to have another uh, big-time year in Ann Arbor on the football field. Um, put in perspective a little what the last two years have meant after the, the dry spell that this program has had. And uh, and is it I, – I guess I, I asked this of Tom Crawford a, a week or so ago. Is the juice worth the squeeze when you, you have this – You've had for two straight years this. Is he going? Is he staying? All that kind of thing. Well, I think he's staying. I think that he loves that team and they love him. I mean, he's got a special team, and why wouldn't you want to stay there and see it through? You know, that team was here in Grand Rapids uh, this past summer, and they had a wonderful stay uh, over at the President Ford Museum. And uh, Jim Hackett and I were there. We gave him a little talk, and we toured him around and so on and so forth. And we hung out with Jim Harbaugh. Man, what a wonderful, wonderful group of kids. And and Jim is just a great guy from my standpoint, man. He's just a, you know, people I think have got him wrong. I think they they misunderstood what the guy was about. He loves those those players, and and uh, he is he's a coach. He's a player's coach, you know. And he 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 is surrounding himself with some really great assistants now. So I think that, you know, he is going to stay you know, at Michigan, at least see this team through the, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the uh, uh, players that he has with him now are like his kids. And uh, so I don't think he's going to leave. I think he's going to see it through. And I think next year they'll come back and they'll be successful again and watch out. We could be the national champion. I think we would have been the national champs this year if he'd made that, that, uh, uh, decision to throw that flag when that touchdown had occurred. And I think that he probably underestimated the resilience of that team and thought, well, we'll get them in the second half. No, Jim, throw the flag. I think he's learned from that. Yeah. Say a little bit, uh, if you would, uh, about the uh, the Ohio State football game the past two years. I mean, it, it was such misery for a decade and a half, really. And uh, I have talked to former Michigan football players that said, uh, even a year ago, I watched that game with tears in my eyes. Yeah. How fired up do you get about Michigan Ohio State I'm football? So fired up. I couldn't stop yelling. My dog. <laughs> I have a dog, an English Springer Spaniel named Britta. And she was like, what is the matter with you? And screaming, my wife says, what's the matter? What's the matter? I says, look at what's happening. <laughs> look at what's happening. They're going to beat them. And, oh, my gosh, it was such a wonderful thing to see, you know. Oh, I hate Ohio State. I mean, that's, uh, that you know, even, even at the basketball team level, you know, we knew what time it was when we played against Ohio State. And it was up to, to us to make sure that we never lost against those guys. And, you know, to see us now finally coming back to prominence, that's where we should have been all along. You know, we should have never sunk as low as we did. And it's so great to see us back again, you know. And we 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 have to keep that, that mantle of being the leaders and the best, period. Yeah. And Jim understands that. And now he's got the right uh, team behind him, the coaches, the 
the assistants and all the other folk around him. And we just got to keep loving on him and telling him, look, uh, we're with you, support you, and and let's do this, you know? Yeah. Well, of course, you were in school right at the heart of the 10-year war. I mean, yeah. from the heartbreak of a Dennis Franklin to, yeah. you know, that breakthrough in 76. Yeah. And, yeah. oh, that you have to – I assume you had uh, some really strong football memories then. Oh, my goodness, yes. I was uh, good friends with a lot of the football players, the, the – uh, the men, I forget what they called them, the guys that had uh, the, the mellow men of Michigan. Yeah, those guys. There was my friend Clint, Clint Azerig and uh, Donnell Coleman, and those guys were, were my friends. Uh, in fact, Donnell Coleman and I would uh, go back and forth to Flint and work there at the gym factory uh, summers. We did that one or two summers when I was at Michigan, uh, summer job. But anyway, uh, we, we were, we were in close contact. They loved our team. We loved their team. We loved, we loved, uh, what they were doing. And, uh, you know, we brought a whole different vibe, a whole different vibe. And, uh, I respected Bo Beckler and what he was attempting to do with that team. And I'm so happy that, uh, they bought into that, you know, that attitude, you know, we're going to be the best and, and we need to bring that back. You know, it's contagious, man. It's contagious. Those guys, Felt it, knew it, believed it, and then demonstrated it. Okay, and that and that that carried over to the rest of rest of the program. So yeah. now I see it happening again. I hope that they can be contagious and influence the basketball team once again. You know, we took pride. We wanted to be better than the football team. The football mm. team wanted to be better than us. You know, yeah. you're not going to outdo us. We're going <laughs> to go to the championship games. That's the attitude that we have. And they were like, okay, we'll 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 take it to the next level. We'll go to the Rose Bowl. We'll be we'll be the best team too in the country. That was the attitude back and yeah. forth. That's how we were. That's great. Good, good stuff. I would be remiss if I did not, before I let you go, uh, ask you about uh, the NIL, about uh, these collectives. You know, you, yeah. I remember Bo Schembechler very clearly. You know, room, board, grant, and aid. That's yeah. what you get here. And now you got a situation where Blake Corum could see seven figures as a college senior. Yeah. Your thoughts about how all of this has developed? Well, you know, it's it's unfortunate that uh, it had to come to this. But, you know, it was inevitable that at some point, based on what's happening in the world of sports, you know, the, the, the billions of dollars that are being won on national contracts, TV and radio and so forth, and all the other advertisers, the equipment uh, companies, the shoe companies, and so on and so forth that feed the feed the beast and uh players players weren't being fairly i would say uh competent not monetarily but if you look at the coaches contracts look at what some of these people are actually getting paid to do you say wow and why is that well it's because of the it's because of my brand it's because of who i am as a player and so on and so forth well if we can figure out a way to 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 a fairly compensate it doesn't have to be monetarily but in some way maybe maybe put some dollars away for you know when you get out of college do something but but show some sort of way to level the playing field so that i'm not putting my life out on the line and you benefit i mean back when i played university of michigan johnny or bill frieder 
they were not, we were not expected to win. But both of those guys, Coach Orr got a huge contract at Iowa State. Bill Frieder went on to Arizona State. They, they became millionaires, millionaires. Well, what happened to a lot of the athletes at the University of Michigan when I played? If you weren't a first round pick, you weren't going to become a millionaire, you know? And I know the fact is, is that Bill Frieder, if it was not for my relationship with him, he would have never come to the University of Michigan, right? Mm -hmm. He made out like a bandit. And that's no right to have, you know, he was a good coach. But Bo Schimbechter figured it out. It's not about how much money you make. It's not about who gives you the biggest. It's about how many games you win and, and what your love and affinity is for the University of Michigan. So I think that in some ways it's right to do. But now people like Blake Corum who are saying, look, I'm going to donate and I'm going to give some of this money away. I don't need that kind of cash. I'm going to use it as a charity. Now, mm -hmm. that is exactly what we need to see. I wish the coaches had that same attitude, you know, mm -hmm. that they would give away like Jim Harbaugh has been doing. If we could have that same kind of attitude or make policies that say this is what you're going to do, you know, if you're going to be a benefactor of that, you know, you don't spend all the money, you put it away, you use it for charity, those kinds of things. I think that's the way to, to get around. No doubt about it. And J.J. McCarthy doing the same thing, setting up a charity. Yeah. It's, it, it is really good to see. I know this much. Uh, Wayman Britt was worth a million bucks to Michigan basketball teams in the mid seventies. And you have been worth a million bucks on the Wolverine live. I'll tell you what, I want to do this again because, uh, it's been all kinds of fun, uh, this yeah. hour and uh, we will have Tom Crawford with us the next time. Uh, Lord willing, I appreciate, uh, appreciate you Wayman for, uh, for joining us and, and everything that you brought to Michigan basketball and, uh, and your thoughts continuing on about this program. Well, I thank you. I love Michigan. I love I love the state of Michigan too. I love I love this 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 uh, team. And uh, my hope and prayer is that they uh, rebound uh, from their woes and they come back and they finish the team stronger than what people expect, and that they rebound next year, and become a great team again, like we always expect. You know, the leaders and the best. You bet.